your source for Big Ten talk. It's off tackle, Empire. Northwestern had the 2017 that has been most of their seasons for the last decade. They were better than you probably remember, uh, and you probably don't remember. Fair to say. I mean, it, it, this has kind of been what we've seen on Northwestern the last several years, where they face plant early, they're out of the conference race, everyone forgets about them, and then it turns out they're actually pretty good. They usually get on a little bit of a roll, then more recently gone to a decent bowl game. Results may vary at that bowl game, but they typically end up 8, 9, 10 win range, better than you would think. They're one of those teams at the beginning of the schedule where every fan base who plays them is like, oh, Northwestern, yeah, that should be a win. Uh, and then most of the time it's not, because they're better than you think. But the thing is, then, okay, you process the result and say, okay, look, Northwestern really came out at the end of last year. You know, they're going to be, we're going to watch out for them this year. And then they just, like, fall flat on their ass against somebody early in the year. And you're like, oh, that's right, that's why I never take them seriously. And then they sneak up on you again. Last year, it was a game against Duke where they just, uh, what, they just couldn't stop turning the ball over. Got absolutely crushed. Yeah, and it also didn't help that they had kind of a front-loaded conference schedule last year with a trip to Wisconsin and a home game against Penn State pretty early on. They lost both of those. Played Wisconsin closer than you would think. Uh, but then from there, they won their last eight games of the season after starting off two and three. And again, they get to ten wins, but they're not in the division competition because they're behind the eight ball against Wisconsin, you know, basically with a two-game disadvantage immediately, so what did it really matter? Well, the other underrated element, okay, we've been talking throughout this entire series about Northwestern's signature model of lose a game they shouldn't early and then get better, but also they they, they pull everybody back into not taking them seriously when usually in November they pull out like an embarrassing win against a team that they're much better than, and last year it was an overtime win against Nebraska. I remember a few years ago they squeezed one out against Daryl Hazel uh, in the second to last week of the year. So that is another feature of a great Northwestern schedule is y you finally you get a win that gets people believing, okay, well, that early season thing was an aberration, and then you damn near lose to someone that really sucks. Yeah. And then, man, it, you remember their bowl game at all? Did you watch their bowl game? Oh, yeah. So one of the stupidest games. One yeah, of the stupidest what, I remember one of the stupidest things I've ever seen happening in that game. There was an ejection for alleged contact with an official. Yes, the official oh initiated, God. and the player took exception. Benny Snell, fine running back for Kentucky, took exception, basically removed the official's hand from him, and was tossed for it, which is absolute garbage. So if you're a ref, you can just go up to a guy and like bother him like you you know like you would if you're trying to get like a dog's attention and then you can also just throw like could you throw him out of the game without him even saying anything like just, I hey you yeah. I, hey you touch the guy hey you're contacting a ref i do not consent to being contacted by you it, it almost as though he was trying to be sporting I, pat fitzgerald made so many boneheaded decisions in that game um how many times they, they went for it i think five times on fourth down, the last of which they went for on their own 39 with inside of three minutes to go, with a lead, no less. They were, they were winning. And then, because they turned the ball over, Kentucky scores the touchdown, and then Kentucky decides to be like, oh, you think you've got dumb play calls? 
we're going to go for the two-pointer to win it, and they don't, and so they lose. And I guess in a bowl game, maybe that's a little more understandable. Like, you know what? Screw it. It's an exhibition. Basically, let's just win it here. Um, but, man, yeah, of, of all the bowl games I watched, maybe of all the games I watched last year, that had to be the dumbest game, played by probably the smartest actual team in all of college football. Well, let me tell you some interesting things about Kentucky's stat sheet is that tackles were recorded by Josh Allen, Courtney Love, and Naquez Pringle. Depending on your criteria, that actually may have been a great game. Have they fired their stoops yet? Is he still their coach? Yes, he is. Who um, can actually say? Are you sure? Can, like, can we even know that? Uh, I don't know. That seems pretty stoops-ish. I mean, that, he, he did everything he could to lose that bowl game. If, um, so the thing is, you know, the the stoops they grew up like eating cereal for breakfast, like any good American family. But they always had it on plates because if it was in a bowl, then they'd lose it. <laughs> All right. So looking at Northwestern for this year, um, your typical silent Northwestern off season. You you couldn't tell me anything about what Northwestern did this year. They're gonna have some interest. There's some intrigue on the field, though. Um, for one thing, Clayton Thorson sustained a pretty nasty injury in that bowl game. There hasn't really been much in the way of updates on his current status. Except that he announced that he would not be declaring for the NFL draft, contrary to everybody's Big expectations. Big upset on that He call, said, guys. my God, I'm returning. I'm A guy that was not really projected as a high pick suffers a devastating injury. You know what? I'm going back to school, <laughs> y'all. You know what? I, I know... I, I, I just love the game so much that I'm willing to walk away from possibly getting a look in training camp as an undrafted free agent to come and play for Big Ten School yeah, again. Yeah, to come and presumably start for Big Ten School if my knee can be sewn back together in time. So if Clayton Thorson is able to go and go normally, um, Northwestern should be pretty good offensively. If he doesn't, then, well, his backup last year was a senior, and so who knows who would end up being the starting quarterback um, if he's not able to go. They also lost Justin Jackson, who, due to receiving an ungodly volume of carries, ended up finishing 10th in career rushing yards when he when all was said and done last year. Um, in most cases, I would say, you know, you would guess that's not going to be an easy thing to replace, but... There was a considerable aspect of the volume contributing to his overall stats. I mean, he got a lot of carries for four years. Well, look, as we know, we've established that Northwestern is diet Wisconsin. So should it surprise you that a running back is pretty easily replaceable because he's just the guy that you hand the ball to? Yeah, I know, this isn't to minimize Jackson's ability or anything. I'm just saying it's not like you're trying to replace a Reggie Bush type of yeah, guy. Yeah, I mean, Melvin Gordon was certainly... No scrub, uh, nor was Monty Ball. The point is, these guys were replaceable because the system works. Yeah, and again, we say diet Wisconsin because it's probably not true that you can just plug in some other guy and expect it to work exactly the same way, but when they played Jeremy Larkin last year, he looked pretty good. Probably not going to be capable of being the same bell cow focal point of the offense that Jackson was. Point being, Jack Justin Jackson, well, very, very good, is not... Like a once-in-a-generation talent that you couldn't possibly hope to replicate his production. Which is, to be honest, should be taken as a good thing for Northwestern fans. Because it means that your odds of getting similar production out of the guy, you know, Larkin or whoever else takes over for him. I'd personally, rather, I'd personally rather get my production from the system rather than the player. Right, because there's a better hope of replicating that. So, 
Larkin figures to be the replacement for Jackson. There's probably going to be a little bit more distribution of touches this year than there has been the last couple. Um, the wide receiver group is whatever. It's the same. It could be all the same guys for all you know. I mean, can you really tell me Jeremy Ebert doesn't still play for Northwestern? I wouldn't believe you. Skowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowronowron
They have a transfer punter who is coming over from Western Kentucky. Nice wander, the inside the 20 lander. Boo. I pulled several muscles making that stretch. Looking across the board, Northwestern doesn't have terrible needs for anyone to play immediately. We mentioned the defensive backfield had some lost experience. There's going to be some holes back there. So you can see guys contribute even if only as subs. But would it surprise you to learn that a team that won 10 games last year also had the last place recruiting class in the conference? Yes, behind Rutgers, behind Illinois. It was a small volume class, so that's kind of one of the things we have to take it with a grain of salt. But the point is that they're not doing anything spectacular. They're not doing anything spectacular on the recruiting front, but nope. enough to sustain what they're doing now, which is sometimes win 10 games, sometimes win 5. Yeah, and you, you look, there's basically one guy who's a borderline four-star recruit in Devin O'Rourke. Maybe he rotates in on the offensive line or at the defensive line as a freshman. Maybe they just redshirt everybody because, again, they've got bodies at most positions such that, again, outside of that defensive backfield, there's not really a need for many of these guys to play immediately. The one possible exception might be what happens if Clayton Thorson's not ready to go. Do they turn to Jason Whitaker right away as their quarterback of the present and future? Probably not because he's going to be a true freshman. He did not enroll early. And according to 24-7, he weighs 197 pounds in the 6-4. So, wow. He's a skinny boy. Man, remember DeAndre Francois just I being do. so skinny that Alabama little, broke him in half? Because he had those little toothpick legs, man. He's like, what, 6'5", 185? Oh, no, no, no. The skinnier kid was the one who replaced him. Oh, my. Oh, what was his name? Francois was slim, but the new, but the kid who replaced him after was Alabama. It Blackman? Yes, James Blackman. James Blackman. Oh, my goodness. The stork of a man just out there this playing is, Alabama when he was like 17 years old. <laughs> this is why we have hamburgers. And there's there's linemen. Coming at him whose calves are thicker around than his entire body. <laughs> God, that must have sucked. But anyway, yeah. I mean, Northwestern is in a situation where even if Clayton Thorson can't come back, there's no need to really blow things up dramatically. You've got a whole lot of bodies, but any rebuild will just be kind of more of a patch-up than a rebuild. You've got all these bodies. There's no need to let the bodies hit the floor. This is going to be just kind of a steady... Similar roller coaster that you always kind of ride on. The question is uh, just what what will the win total end up at? Well, looking at the schedule, we have an interesting feature here in that Northwestern gets the rare Week One conference game, taking a trip to Purdue, and that'll be an interesting one. I, Purdue is a team that I think we're all kind of interested to see what the encore is going to be for a better than expected first season for Jeff Brom and. It's at Purdue. Even if Thorson does come back early in the season, it's probably fair to say he's not going to be at 100%. So do they maybe stumble in that game? I think it's a possibility. Non-conference matchup then with traditional early season beating hander outer of Duke. That one's going to be in Northwestern this year. Uh, but yeah, uh, Dave Cutcliffe kind of drinks Pat's milkshake a little bit there. Of course, the thing is that Losing to Duke, Duke being that game, would be a little bit too predictable, if we're honest. I kind of like Akron here, if we're honest, because like 
They're going to be a better team than most people would expect. Still a MAC team, but a team that was in the MAC championship last game, albeit or last season, albeit really only as a participant. But as we mentioned, with a lot of in, a lot of key injuries, and Northwestern, don't get me wrong, is going to be a far superior team to Akron, but. They've got to lose a game early in the season that no one's really expecting. I don't know if it's going to be Purdue. Duke would be too predictable, so that kind of leaves Akron because after that, it's Michigan, Michigan State. Uh, neither of those would be really shocking losses for Northwestern. So uh, watch out for Akron. Uh, Penn State. Penn, I don't know. How do we tie Penn State into this? God damn it, I really fumbled that one. So yeah, I, th- I say watch out for Akron. Uh, the old Penn State nemesis may be coming to make everybody briefly revolt uh, before, of course, Northwestern pulls everything out. And of course, they got a November non-conference game against Notre Dame that is probably going to be the moment when everybody realizes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah we're actually kind of decent. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, w- I don't know if I would predict a win in that because after all, um, Notre Dame is Chicago's Big Ten team. And it is going to be held very close to the city of Chicago. Um, you know, you, you've got the game with Wisconsin that's at Ryan Field this year. We know Wisconsin's historical issues with that. But then looking at the crossovers, you've got Michigan State and Rutgers. So one relatively tough team, one quite easy team. I mean, to dodge Michigan and Penn State and Ohio State is probably a draw that most West Division teams would take for their crossovers. You know what? If, uh, if for whatever reason, Clayton Thorson has some kind of complications with his recovery and we're, we're, we're looking at just a very simplified offense, I don't know if I call Rutgers an automatic win for Northwestern just because their defense has, has gotten a lot better than people are willing to give them credit for. And if Northwestern is just tripping over itself offensively, being predictable with the playbook, well, I could see him squeaking out a... Uh, a Nine to seven shit show of a victory there, but that's a very unlikely scenario. My point being, I don't know that it's you know that that's not outside the realm of possibility. Well, sure, but if that same situation occurs and Northwestern has a non-functional offense because their quarterback is busted and they're playing Ohio State instead, I think I think they would certainly take a matchup with Rutgers instead. If you if you're talking about a game from a winability perspective, so. Yeah, I don't mean to suggest that Rutgers is going to be an automatic win necessarily for anyone this year, except Ohio State. They're going to be an automatic win for Ohio State. But um, the fact that Rutgers has gotten a lot better doesn't mean that they're not still one of the you know, easier matchups in the Big Ten East. That's just going to be the truth. The win's got to come from somewhere. Right. So, looking over the schedule top to bottom, they do have that difficult stretch down the tail end of the season. We have North, uh, Wisconsin and Notre Dame at home, and then road trips to Iowa and what I think will probably be a pretty substantially improved Minnesota team, although I know we kind of panned them in our preview. I disagree with you entirely. By they the have end one of, scholarship quarterback, and he's not taking a snap for them. Yeah, I know. But by the end of that season, if they're gonna, if we're going to see improvement this year, that'll be the time when it is. My point is, if Minnesota's going to be any better, it'll certainly be towards the end of the season, and it will be uh, at TCF Bank. So there's that at least. Um, and then there's that, that uh, there's that that notorious rivalry game at the end of the year. You give Illinois any chance of winning this game this year? No. Boo. 
your source for Big Ten Talk. It's Off Tackle Empire!